is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, there's been some progress today. The FBI informed uh, Speaker Ryan, among others, I believe, that it would give information related to the Russian dossier to Congress. The President also directed the Justice Department to lift the gag order on the whistleblower related to the uranium scandal. These are things we've been pounding away at, pounding away at on the radio and on Levin TV. And just to show you what a joke the Democrat Party leadership is, just to show you what a joke the media are, we highlighted last night that Donald Trump Jr., just for attending a meeting with a Russian lawyer, among others, where no information was disclosed, no information was passed, let alone money, let alone Kremlin uh, smear uh, information, was said to have conducted an act of treason. When it comes to the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee, and this sleazy lawyer, Mark Elias, the go-between, millions of dollars apparently spent to get dirt on Trump, which in fact resulted in a British ex-spy contacting, among others, people he knew within the Kremlin, and the Kremlin creating smears against Trump. That, of course, is not treason. That's just opposition research, and everybody does it. Wolf Blitzer last night demonstrated what a complete and useless fraud he is. He's not a journalist. He is a cadaver uh, when his mouth moves here and there, but he's essentially that. And uh, Wolf Blitzer put out the propaganda of the Democrat Party because that's what they do. They're the publicity wing of the Democrat Party for the most part, claiming that, well, the Republicans started funding the Fusion GPS, and this led to that, and so forth. There was a donor who has yet been disclosed, but he will be eventually. He will be uncovered. A Republican donor who sought to fund opposition research against Trump. He dropped it after Trump was the nominee. It was picked up then by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee. In April of 2016, that's when, a few months later, Christopher Steele, the British ex-spy, was hired by Fusion GPS. And all the Russians connection, uh, Russian connections with Steele, and then Fusion GPS, and then pushed out into the media and with the FBI, all came as a result of the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC funding Fusion GPS through their bag man, this guy, Mark Elias. And yet the media, the Praetorian Guard media, immediately started its lies and its spin and its disinformation campaign. There it is, the epicenter 
the epicenter of the propagandists would be CNN, and the epicenter of the epicenter would be Wolf Blitzer, who we're told over and over again he is the old man of news. And he pretty much is. By the way, I meant to say, I had a great, great time today with Phil Robertson, formerly of Duck Dynasty, the patriarch, and his beautiful wife and one of his sons. I interviewed him on Levin TV, and it's going to be aired in front of the paywall so the entire nation, all of you listening, can watch it. We both hit it off. I really like this man. And he's incredibly smart. The way he explains things that you and I agree with and the way I explain them are quite different. And yet, as we both discussed, we come to the same point from the same value system, from the same belief system, from the same morals. And one day I'm going to go down to Louisiana, we agreed, and, uh, and spend a little bit of time with him. But uh, we had an absolute bl- Is that out yet, Mr. Producer? I guess it comes out at 9 p.m. Eastern. As soon as we know, you'll know. You're going to want to watch this interview. I think the way I conduct these interviews, I ask what I think are important questions, and I actually let the guests speak pretty much until they're done answering the question. And then I ask another question. It's called a long-form interview, and I love to do it. It's the kind of thing that used to be done, but... Not so much anymore. All right, circling back. This dossier is important. People downplay it. Left-wingers downplay it. People with low IQ, they can't really follow it. They downplay it and so forth. We don't downplay it because we've been on this since day one. There's an excellent writer. She's an excellent writer. She writes for the Federalist. You see her on the Fox News channel from time to time. And her name is Hemingway. Hemingway. And she's really, really good. And uh, she has a piece in The Federalist, which is her uh, main place for writing, I believe. Here are the ten most important reported claims about the Steele dossier, or I call it the Russian dossier. And we're not going to let this go. We're not going to let this go till we get absolutely to the bottom of this. Number one, Russian officials were sources of key claims in the dossier. We're in the midst of a media frenzy, she writes, over Russian disinformation campaigns, particularly as they apply to the 2016 election. It's worth noting that the sources of the Russia-Trump dossier were senior Russian officials. Senior Russian officials. Number two, no, the Russian dossier was not initially funded by Republicans. When the news broke that the Clinton campaign and the DNC were admittedly we're admitting partial responsibility for the Russia dossier. Journalists acted like they'd presented it as a Clinton campaign operation all along. They also claimed it was initially funded by a Republican. For instance, Jake Tapper, he tweeted essentially that. After he withdrew his tweet, he took the tweet down when the error was pointed out. There's no evidence that a Republican donor, Republican campaign was ever involved with the Russian dossier. Opposition research? Yes. The Russian dossier? No. Fusion GPS claimed to reporters that they did not provide evidence that a Republican funded separate opposition research on Trump dealing with his business interests. But as even the Washington Post reports, the dossier did not exist until after the Democrats hired Fusion GPS 
after the Democrats, Mark Elias, a lawyer representing the Clinton campaign in the DNC, retained Fusion GPS to conduct the research. After that, the Washington Post wrote, Fusion GPS hired dossier author Christopher Steele, a former British intel officer with ties to the FBI and so forth and so on. So even the initial Washington Post report, which was a leak uh, forced on those who had knowledge about this by the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, because they were going to get the information in court anyway. Number three, the dossier is chock full of discredited information. Journalists who are friendly with Fusion GPS and opponents of the Trump administration claim without any evidence of any kind, beyond anonymous sources, vague, say so, that the dossier has parts that were verified. That can mean something as simple as the parts about Russia trying to find information about Trump, or about Trump affiliates having friendly business relations with Russians. We have no evidence to suggest that anything significant from the dossier has been verified, period. And we don't know how much, if any, was actually deliberate disinformation from the Russian government sources. In fact, we have reports that the freelance spy who put together some of the information in the dossier was paying Russians for their information and used intermediaries. Former acting CIA director and Hillary Clinton campaign surrogate Michael Morell said this was discrediting. Quote, this is him. Then I asked myself, why did these guys provide this information? What was their motivation? And I subsequently learned that he paid them that the intermediaries paid the sources and the intermediaries got the money from Chris, meaning Chris Steele. And that kind of worries me a little bit because if you're paying somebody, particularly former Russian Federation Security Service officers, they are going to tell you truth and innuendo and rumor, and they're going to call you up and say, hey, let's have another meeting. I have more information for you. Because they want to get paid some more, Morrell said. So the point is, far from being verified, the dossier is better described as demonstrably false. That includes getting facts about Russia wrong, making claims such as the claim that Trump lawyer Michael Cohen met with Federation Council of Foreign Affairs head Konstantin Kosachev in Prague that are verifiably wrong because he never went to Prague or, Czech, or, or the Czech Republic. Number four, the dossier was used as a basis for wiretaps on American citizens. In March, Washington Post used anonymous sources to report the FBI tamed a secret court order last summer to spy on U.S. citizen Carter Page, an unpaid and informal advisor to the Donald Trump campaign, as part of an investigation in the links between Russia and the Trump campaign. CNN used anonymous sources to report that the infamous Golden Showers dossier was used as part of the justification to win approval to monitor the Trump associate. A Clinton campaign opposition research, uh, opposition research operation uh, using information or disinformation from top Russian intelligence officials was used by the FBI, these sources say, to enable spying on an opposing political party's campaign. Hell, I've been saying this since March. Since March. For which I'm attacked. Go to Wikipedia. Levinites, millions of you, I want, to go, I want you to go to Wikipedia under my name. And look at how that discredited Wikipedia operation allows leftists to go into that site 
and lie about me and cherry-pick the information, and they do this about conservatives all the time. On this show, behind this microphone, on Fox and Friends Sunday, on Hannity, I exposed or helped expose the domestic surveillance activity that was going on in this country by using media reports, the Praetorian Guard media, which exists today, to cover up for the left, to cover up for the Democrat Party, to cover up for Mueller, to cover up for Comey and all the rest of them. All the rest of them. Now there's more here, those of you who care about your country. There's more here, and we'll touch on it as soon as I return. Attention span, not of the American people, of radio hosts and TV hosts. Now we're making some progress, actually making progress after almost a year of a massive propaganda effort by the Democrat Party, by Democrat surrogates at the FBI, at the NSA, uh, by Democrat uh, publicists in the media and so forth. We're actually making progress. They say, ah, I don't want to talk about it. Let me talk about something else. It's absurd. It's absurd. That's why I will never do that. We've made some additional progress today. After I go through this, I will explain. In fact, quite shortly, back to the Hemingway list of the, uh, here are the ten most important reported claims about the uh, dossier. The FBI also paid for the dossier. Fusion GPS was working on behalf of Russians while working on the dossier, but they claim without providing evidence that they kept their, their other Russia work separate from their Trump-Russia dossier work. Got that? Democrats released their involvement to friendly journalists at the Washington Post last night. When Trump asked about the FBI, many political journalists feigned shock and outrage that he would make such a claim. They should not have. Their outlets had already reported that the FBI had tried to pay for the dossier and had, in fact, Reimbursed expenses for the dossier. We do not know if those expenses include the payments to the Russian officials for salacious stories on Republican nominee for President Trump. The FBI has resisted all oversight by congressional committees looking into the FBI's role in funding and use of the dossier. Perhaps the agency is worried it will be revealed that a FISA court judge was misled about the provenance of the dossier. Perhaps the agency is worried about light shining on its use of the Clinton campaign operation to spy on Trump affiliates. Speaker of the House Paul Ryan is backing House Intelligence Committee efforts, that would be Devin Nunes, to learn more about the FBI's handling of the dossier. And here's the breaking news on that. This is from Politico. The FBI has agreed to deliver documents related to the dossier to House GOP investigators, Speaker Ryan said today. The House Intelligence Committee on Intel, the House Committee Select Committee on Intelligence, for months. Notice they don't mention Devin Nunes right there in that first sentence or that paragraph. They do not want to give this man credit. In fact, all they want to do is smear him. The House Select Committee on Intelligence, A.K.A. Chairman Devin Nunes, for months has been seeking information about how law enforcement used the dossier, which suggests Russians spent years cultivating Donald Trump as an ally and gathered evidence that could be used against him. Look how the Politico reports this. 
Rachel Bade, you are a fraud. You are a clown. Let's continue. Number seven of, num- of ten. Fusion GPS's ties to media are problematic. The principles of Fusion GPS are well connected to mainstream media reporters. They're former journalists themselves and know how to package stories and provide information to push narratives. They are, in fact, close friends with some of the top reporters who've covered the Russia-Trump collusion story. Fusion GPS has placed stories with friendly reporters while fighting congressional investigators' attempts to find out the group's sources of funding. Fusion GPS leaders have taken the fifth and fought subpoenas for information about the group's involvement with Russia. Their close friendships with key reporters on these stories have paid huge dividends for the firm, although these friendships and cooperative relationships have not served the public well. Fusion GPS was responsible for the dossier, but the group's larger narrative push to reporters is even more influential and a difficult story to unpack due to defensiveness, embarrassment, and outright media complicity. There are three more items that Hemingway writes about and very worth raising in The Federalist to understand better what this is all about. One of the great scandals in American history right before our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. And there's several of them at the same time. I'll be right back. Just in time for Halloween, the Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi nightmare continues. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right, no reason to hurry. We're going to go through this carefully and thoroughly. But we're not CNN here after all. Number eight out of ten on the Hemingway piece in the Federalist about the the Russian dossier. Number eight, Jim Comey personally briefed Trump on the dossier shortly before CNN reported on it. As confirmed by the Washington Post, the Russia-Trump collusion narrative was a Clinton campaign political operation. The dossier itself was shopped around by Fusion GPS a year ago to the New York Times, the Washington Post, Yahoo News, the New Yorker, and CNN according to lawyers for the ex-spy who worked on the dossier. The dossier was so unverifiable that the only reporter to bite was from Mother Jones. What really got the ball rolling on last year's Russia-Trump conspiracy theory then was not the dossier itself, but the briefing of it by Obama intelligence chiefs to President-elect Trump in January. Former FBI head Jim Comey admitted under oath that former Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, asked him to personally brief President Trump about this dossier. The fact of that meeting was quickly leaked to CNN. Given the dossier's many problems, was the entire purpose of the meeting to produce the leak that the meeting happened? No one was biting on the dossier, and it needed legitimization for by opponents of Trump. If the dossier was so shoddy that it was debunked in hours after BuzzFeed posted it, on all its salacious, in all its salacious glory, why brief the president and the president-elect on it, much less leak it? What was the real purpose of that meeting and that leak to CNN? Number nine, Mueller investigation spurred by dossier and illegal leaks from intelligence operatives about Trump. 
We know from previous reporting that the dossier of Russia-supplied information or disinformation was used by the FBI to secure a warrant, a FISA warrant, to spy on an American citizen advising an opposing political party's presidential campaign. We know that this dossier was funded at least in part by the Clinton campaign, the Democratic National Committee, and the FBI. The firm that produced the report was itself funded by Russians. We know that Comey briefed Trump on the dossier and that this meeting was leaked almost immediately to CNN. We know that there were criminal leaks from intelligence officials regarding Trump associates having conversations with Russian counterparts. We know that Trump was thrice told by Comey that he was not under investigation regarding Russia and a year into the opposition research provoked Russia scare. We have no evidence of the Trump campaign committing treason by colluding with Russia. None. Yet because of this dossier and its selective use by intelligence agencies, we have a special prosecutor running a no-holds-barred investigation into Trump that, according again to CNN, has gone into areas that have nothing to do with Russia or the 2016 campaign. We have two congressional investigations into alleged collusion of Trump and Russia, and we've had thousands of stories focused on supporting the Clinton campaign's opposition research. Finally, number 10. This dossier was a Clinton DNC-funded operation supported by the FBI and influenced heavily by Russian operatives in the Kremlin. The country has spent the last year with Obama intelligence officials, the media, and Democratic leaders pushing a narrative of Trump collusion with Russia to steal an election that was supposed to be won by Hillary Clinton. A meeting between Trump officials and a Russian who falsely promised dirt on Hillary Clinton is the best evidence by far to support this narrative. Yet here we have the realization that the Clinton campaign, the DNC, and the FBI all worked wittingly or unwittingly with Russians to affect the results of the 2016 election. Far from just meeting with a Russian and not getting dirt on a political opponent, these groups wittingly or unwittingly paid Russian operatives for disinformation to harm Trump during the 2016 election and beyond. Worse, these efforts perverted our justice system by forcing the Attorney General to recuse himself for the crime of having served as a surrogate on the Trump campaign, spawning a massive, sprawling, limitless probe over Russia. These things are so much more damaging to the Republic than a couple hundred thousand dollars in ads on Facebook, actually a couple thousand dollars in ads on Facebook, paid by a Russian by Russian trolls, about a pipeline protest. Where's Sean McCain on this today? Where's Bob Corker on this today? Where's Jeff Flake on this today? Where's Susan Collins on this today? Where's Lisa Murkowski on this today? Nowhere. Nowhere. And yet, you and I, you and I are supposed to be so stupid that we believe Virtually nobody in the higher-ups of the Democrat Party or the Clinton campaign knew anything about this. Here's a CNN report. Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, and former Democrat National Committee chairwoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz both privately denied to congressional Russia investigators that they had any knowledge about an arrangement to pay for opposition research on President Donald Trump. Three sources familiar with the matter told CNN. Well, CNN's credibility is shot.
But it is interesting, the point, that Podesta is the Hillary campaign chairman. And the Hillary campaign paid money for this Fusion GPS. And the former head of the DNC, at the time the head of the DNC, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, they know nothing. That simply is not credible. The interviews happened before this week's disclosure that the Clinton campaign and DNC paid for the research. By the way, no thanks to CNN do we have this information. No thanks to CNN at all. Because CNN participated in this Trump smear, as it was leaked, as we pointed out through the Hemingway piece, as information was leaked to CNN about the fact of the meeting with, with Comey and so forth. Senate investigators may seek to further question the two top Democrats and dig deeper on the origins of the so-called Trump dossier, one of the sources briefed on the matter said. So they're getting leaks from the Senate Intelligence Committee. And what's interesting here is the Senate Intelligence Committee has done nothing, nothing to take this scandal as far as it's been exposed. It has been the House Intelligence Committee and it has been the Senate Judiciary Committee. Mr. Burr and Mr. Warner have done crap. Now, their remarks to congressional investigators raised the stakes in their assertion that they knew nothing about the funding because it's against the law to make false statements to Congress. The White House has seized on the funding disclosure. Okay, now the White House. Oh, they stuck at this. Look, look what they seized on. The White House is repeating the facts. Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr told CNN yesterday that the disclosure that Fusion GPS has been paid by the Clinton campaign and DNC opens up a new line of inquiry for the panel to pursue as part of its investigation. Where the hell has this guy been, Burr? Is he as dumb as he sounds? I think he is. I think he is. This provides us the ability to connect some dots that we couldn't do before. Well, Mr. Burr, you ought to be thanking Devin Nunes. And quite frankly, your colleague... Chuck Grassley. You, sir, are useless. Absolutely useless. And by the way, CNN, you're useless too. Absolutely useless. So this is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. It's not something we should move on, move along, move along. No. It's a big deal. And uh, Tom Perez, the radical kook who runs the DNC, and his deputy, uh, Keith Ellison, the radical kook, who is the second in command at the DNC, uh, Tom Perez thinks this is no big deal. Here he is at the University of Chicago yesterday. Cut three, go. I, I find this issue um, somewhat uh, curious because uh, here's a news flash. Candidates conduct research on their opponents. Um, and in the case of Donald Trump, the imperative for that is to not do that is political malpractice. Why? All right, there you go. There you go. So this this is the game the left plays all the time when they're caught. When they're caught. We were lectured and we were told that Russia interfered with our election. The Democrats on the Senate Intelligence Committee, with much fanfare, with the Klieg lights on, on those public hearings, that they've never seen anything like this, this is an attack on the American system, and so forth and so on, and they're right about that. Now, now that we have the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign 
paying a bag man lawyer who lied to the New York Times reporters because he didn't want to get caught and he didn't want his clients to get caught, to pay money to Fusion GPS, which pays money to an ex-British spy who pays money to get information from the Kremlin. Now we're told that's commonplace opposition research. Don't worry about it. We should all be rising up and disgust at this, ladies and gentlemen. Disgust at this scandal. Disgust at the Democrat Party. Disgust at Hillary Clinton. And disgust at the media. What the hell do they take us for? The fact of the matter is, like it or not, Democrats, you were in bed with the Kremlin. You were. Whatever the Trump connections, business or otherwise. You were in bed with the Kremlin. Not only were you seeking dirt on Donald Trump, you were happy to concoct dirt on Donald Trump and to spread it as fast as you could. That's what you did. Chris, Denver, Colorado on the Mark Levin app. A liberal, go. Am I confusing you, sir? I said go. You're on. Could you hear me okay, Mark? Sorry about that. Gotcha. Yes, go right ahead. Do you know how to use your phone? Yeah, no, I, I got it. All um, right. Well, speak so, right into the mouthpiece, not the earpiece. Sure. Um, so on July 14th, 2017, you had posted on your website on, on your Friday show, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with a Russian lawyer wasn't inappropriate. What is inappropriate is this country is being pushed off the cliff. And you kind of go on with non sequiturs. Um, about- well, why don't you read the whole thing? Well, I'm just saying, isn't that a little... I said, why don't you read the whole thing? Oh, because I don't know... But anyway, go ahead and make your point. I'm sure it's absolutely brilliant. Go ahead. Well, because now it's outrageous the DNC was doing opposition research. No, 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 no. That's two different things. Don't you... Let me ask you a question, buddy. You understand the difference. I know you understand the difference. And it, and, it, and this stuff amazing. Why are you so driven to defend something you know that's indefensible. To know there's no parallel, well, Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian lawyer, maybe he met with a phalanx of lawyers, he got no information, he provided no information, he paid no money and so forth. That he didn't come out of there and then make up smears and put them in a dossier and start pushing it to the FBI and the media and calling for special counsels and everything else. Whether you see the difference or not, why are you so ideologically driven that you cause yourself to lose your own consciousness, your own integrity, your own willingness to think for yourself. It's a matter of self-respect, even if you don't give a crap about the country. It's a matter of self-respect to repeat this stuff that you hear Adam Schiff saying, that you hear uh, per, per, Perez saying. You know better than this. Well, I just thought it would be kind of nice to, you know, throw a gotcha question at a national There's no gotcha question. There's a distinction. And you know full well if Donald Trump Jr. had done everything we talk about in this dossier, uh, he would be, uh, he'd be facing uh, prison time is my guess. He'd be yanked in front of the special prosecutor. He'd be yanked in front of committee after committee after committee. Here we have actual collusion with the Kremlin. Not possible collusion, not possible gathering of information, actual collusion. And now you and your ilk say this is basically opposition research. 
Yeah, he's gone. He has to be gone. It's embarrassing listening to people like this. It really is. I'm more than happy to entertain them. But it's embarrassing. Because if you defend this, you do not you do not love your country. If you defend this, you do not love your country. I am intellectually honest. If Donald Trump Jr. had done anything like this, you, my beloved audience, you know I'd be all over him. He did nothing. He went to a meeting that was an absolute loser meeting. He took no affirmative steps. None. No money. Nothing. No gathering of information actually occurred. Nothing. He didn't put out a lie of a report and get it to the FBI. He didn't push it out to the media. None of this. None of this. None of this happened. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I just want this to be an important lesson to all of us and all of you. If Chairman Nunes had conducted himself the way Chairman Burr does in the Senate Intelligence Committee, we wouldn't know any of this. Honestly, if I, behind this microphone, didn't press and press and press, despite the vicious attacks that I had to confront, we wouldn't know some of this information. We just wouldn't. The way I see this, the media have been a full participant in a hostile counterintelligence operation. In a hostile counterintelligence operation aimed at Donald Trump. It made no sense to me from day one. Why would they hate Donald Trump, the Russians? Excuse me, the, uh, why would they hate Hillary Clinton, the Russians? She and her cohorts gave the Russians 20% of our uranium. It never made any sense to me. Oh, he's got a business deal with uh, with uh, Vladimir this one and Vladimir that one. Oh, what the hell? He's got business deals all over the world. But I know he doesn't have a business deal that conveys 20% of control of American uranium to a Vladimir Putin-controlled company. Why the hell wouldn't the Russians want Hillary Clinton to win? She helped eviscerate our military. She supported the Iran deal. I mean, they, she's your typical lib. You know, folks, this is your last chance for the Genesis warehouse clearance sale from Chamonix. Just two weeks left to get double your order of Genesis for free. Genesis is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for those annoying bags and puffiness under the eyes. And with its Genesis immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in less than 12 hours. 12 hours. Call now for double your order of Genesel for free. And if you don't see results, you simply don't pay. Genesel comes with a 100% no questions asked, 60-day money-back guarantee. Wow. But it even gets better. Call now for a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. Call the next 20 minutes and get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF, Chamonix's legendary wrinkle treatment free. That's four free gifts. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com. Double your Genesel order. Get the Deep Firming Serum and Esotique free for a limited time. Order now and get a surprise luxury gift also free. Folks, now's the time to act. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. That's 800-SKIN-604. 
committee after committee after committee, media outlet after media outlet after media outlet, special counsel investigating Trump collusion with Russia, Trump collusion with Russia. You would think if they had anything, any morsel, anything, it would have been pushed out by now. They've got nothing. And now we know that much of this was a smokescreen because the real collusion was with the Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democrat Party, and worse, perhaps agencies and departments of our own federal government. This isn't a conspiracy. This is fact. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I'll tell you another bright light, a leading light who's been pressing these investigations, and in particular as relates to uh, the uranium scandal, has been Ron DeSantis, Republican of Florida. He has been absolutely outstanding. DeSantis. There's a handful of them who have fought this battle. And I have to say, Grassley's one of them. On the Senate Judiciary Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee, as you can tell, has been absolutely silent. Absolutely useless. John McCain, silent. Useless. Bob Corker, chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee, silent, useless. Isn't it amazing? They save all their vitriol for Trump. And not just Trump, they save all their vitriol for you and me, conservatives. Now the Democrats were demanding heads uh, when it came to and comes to Russian interference with our election. Now, I just want you to think of how shameless and dishonest these people are, including the media. While they're accusing Trump of collusion with the Russians, taking any statement, any meeting, and twisting it as evidence, throughout the period of time, even during the Republican primary, up to and before the general election, after the general election, into his uh, transition period to the presidency. They were tied to this Fusion GPS. It is simply not believable that Hillary Clinton and her senior stooges didn't know about this. It is simply not believable that the chairman of her campaign, a campaign that funded that funded this, wouldn't know about it. It is simply not believable that the chairman of the Democrat National Committee at the time, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, wouldn't know about it, or her senior stooges wouldn't know about it. And we have two New York Slimes reporters who've come out and said they were lied to by Mark Elias, the bag man, the general counsel to the Clinton campaign, uh, who was responsible for retaining... Fusion GPS. But let me say this about these two reporters at the New York Times. They received lots and lots of leaks 
from pseudo-conservatives, from conservatives as well as the left. What kind of reporters are these? They're on the trail of a massive scandal. And the lawyer, the bag man, lies to them, and they drop it. This guy, Ken Vogel. And Maggie, what's her name? Haberman or something to that effect. They're on the trail. The lawyer, the self-serving lawyer, who doesn't want this to get out, he lies to them, they say, and they move on. And that's that. What kind of reporters are they? Truthfully. Now we have this massive cover-up and obstruction where Clinton, Podesta, Schultz, Schultz, DNC chairwoman Schultz, sounds like Schultz. I know nothing, I know nothing, right? So what we have now is a conspiracy of silence. What we have now is a cover-up. It was a cover-up that was actually begun by Mark Elias, their lawyer. It's a cover-up where they're going into court to try and block the access to information. And until just today, the FBI was involved in the cover-up, and we will see now what the FBI knew, and what Mr. Comey knew, or the extent to which they are, in fact, going to be cooperative. And I want to thank you in this program, among others, for pushing and pushing and demanding this. And demanding it. This stuff gets hard to follow. So you'll get radio hosts and TV hosts that that peel off and, you know, they want to talk about Twinkies or whatever they want to talk about. So that's that's quite interesting to me. Um, here's Devin Nunes on Fox News last night. Cut one, go. Well, I mean, look, we've subpoenaed the documents, uh, and we're waiting. We have the House General Counsel now representing us in court. Uh, but when you plead the fifth, and then you go to court to try to block us from getting the information, and then it gets leaked to the Washington Post that the, Demo- that the DNC and the Hillary campaign paid for this, right. I think we have a problem. Uh, now I think the next focus is going to be on whether or not did the FBI use this dossier to get any warrants? Did they use it to open up a counterintelligence investigation? And if they did, if they're using unverified information to open up uh, inquiries into American citizens, I think we have a big problem. This guy is so right on. He's so right on, Devin Nunes. I want you to look at it this way. I, I said it the last hour. The media have been a full participant in a hostile counterintelligence operation. Full participant. The Russians have succeeded beyond their imaginations, and they are laughing. They're laughing. Just think about this in a common sense way. Put all the media Praetorian Guard propaganda away. Why would Vladimir Putin want Donald Trump to win and Hillary Clinton to lose? When he knows they can be bought. That's right, I said it. He knows they can be bought. Why would he do that? Give half a million dollars to big dummy B.J. Bill Clinton. Gives a speech. He's cheap. Different Russian outfits give $145 million to the Clinton Library. Why? Is there a Russian wing in the uh, Clinton Library? And... uh you know, there's been a lot of debate. Well, Hillary Clinton didn't actually vote on this and so forth. Well, she could have stopped it. 
Did she not know a thing about what the Russians were doing? Was she that incompetent? Was she that incapable? Of course not. The FBI knew all about this. All about it. And they let the deal go through. That's Mr. Mueller, the great special counsel. You know what's needed? A special, I said this the other day, Grassley says it now. We need a special counsel to investigate. Really, we need a special counsel and a select committee of Congress. And I want that special counsel to get a warrant and go to Mr. Mueller's home at 6 in the morning before the sun comes up with FBI agents with their guns drawn to wake up Mr. Mueller while he's in bed with Mrs. Mueller to go through his closet, to go through his drawers, you know, the desk drawers, I mean, to go through his his computers, to seize his computers. What did Robert Mueller know and when did he know it? With respect to this uranium scandal, this scam. And the same with Mr. Comey. A simultaneous warrant. Mr. Comey's home. With FBI agents, guns drawn, before the sun comes up. Waking up Mr. and Mrs. Comey while they lay in bed. Going through their closet. Going through their desks. Going through their checking accounts and their savings accounts. Threatening their children, their lawyers, their spokespeople. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's what we need to get to the bottom of this. Now, Mr. Comey is a known liar. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. He's lied before committees of Congress. He's a leaker. He's dishonorable. He's dishonorable. He's caught red-handed leaking. Leaking. He's keeping notes. He's keeping book on the President of the United States. Why? So he can leak it. That is outrageous for an FBI director. It is contemptible. And how does Mr. Mueller wind up as special counsel to involve Russian collusion? When he sat on that Uranian deal, he sat on this for years. He didn't do a damn thing. He didn't lift a finger to stop that deal. Not a finger. Incredible, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. There's something else that's incredible. James Clapper, who obviously has seen better days, I think his brain's turned into mashed potatoes. So CNN loves to milk this guy for information because he's such a buffoon at this point. Alison Camerata, who used to work at Fox, now she's at CNN. Cut two, go. Well, I think the counter, uh, counterintelligence investigation was launched before um, the uh, revelation of the, the, the dossier. Okay, that's important. Right, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you hear that? There was a counterintelligence investigation of Donald Trump and his campaign before the dossier. 
The Obama administration, this fool doesn't even understand what he just revealed. The Obama administration launched a counterintelligence investigation against the would-be Republican nominee of the opposition party. Even before the dossier. Can you tell me how many times in modern American history, because we're talking about counterintelligence investigation here, an administration has launched a counterintelligence investigation against a major party presidential nominee in the course of an election, an opponent to the president's preferred candidate? Can you tell me when, the, when that has ever happened? A counterintelligence investigation, according to Clapper on CNN just now, was launched against Trump and Trump world before the dossier, which means since the Democrats got involved in April of 2016, that means before April of 2016, your federal government was investigating Donald Trump. And on what basis, ladies and gentlemen? Here we are. October 2017. They did a counterintelligence investigation. They've been doing a criminal investigation. We've had a Senate investigation, a House investigation, media miscreants all over the place investigating. They don't have a damn thing. They did not want this man to be president of the United States under any circumstances. And I say that as a Ted Cruz supporter in the Republican primaries. But the facts are the facts and the truth is the truth. They did not want Trump to be president of the United States. And they were trying politically through counterintelligence, through law enforcement investigations to take him down and... The Democrat National Committee, the Democrat Party, and the opposition campaign, in addition to the administration, paid to have a dossier by an ex-FBI, an ex-British spy produced, who relied in part, if not heavily, on the Russians. On the Russians. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want you to listen to this exchange. Again, with Clapper, Allison Camerata, and then Clapper. This is CNN. Today. Cut to go. Well, I think the uh, counterintelligence investigation was launched before um, the uh, revelation of the, the, the dossier. Okay, that's important. So the chronology is that the counterintelligence investigation predated the dossier. So the way he's setting it up can't be true. So stop. Well, this is Nuna. She's, she's trashing. You know, if Allison Camerata was actually a real reporter, uh, that's not what she would be focused on. What she should have said to Mr. Clapper, if she had been a real reporter, was, really? Tell me, when did this counterintelligence investigation actually begin of Donald Trump? She doesn't even care. 
unless she can do something to trash Nunes and the newest revelations, which she had nothing to do with, as a reporter and a journalist, of course. And so I'll ask the question, ladies and gentlemen, that nobody's yet asked, when did the Obama administration begin investigating Donald Trump? Whether it's intelligence agencies, whether it's the FBI, whether it's a counterintelligence investigation or a criminal investigation, whatever it was, whatever they were. When did the Obama administration begin investigating Donald Trump? Number two, on whose orders did the Obama administration begin investigating Donald Trump? Number three, on what evidence were these investigations or the investigation of Donald Trump based? You now have the former director of national intelligence, the umbrella organization that oversees intelligence for our federal government, emphatically stated that the counterintelligence investigation was launched before the revelation of the dossier, which takes, by the way, nothing from this scandal. It is a huge scandal. But it just got worse. It just got worse. When was this investigation of Donald Trump, this counterintelligence investigation, when was it launched? Who ordered it? And what was the evidence that caused the investigation to be launched in the first place? This is unprecedented to have a would-be Republican nominee who turned into the Republican nominee. It is unprecedented to be conducting a counterintelligence investigation of Trump or Trump world. So when did it start? When did it start? Now we knew whether there were investigations involving Carter Page and Paul Manafort and that sort of thing. But now we have more. Now we have more. Plus the dossier. So we have the Obama administration conducting an investigation into Trump and Trump world, but Trump, I guess. We have the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC hiring a private organization through a bagman, which then hires a British ex-spy, which then works with, among others, the Kremlin to concoct dirt and character assassination uh, the uh, Republican nominee, Donald Trump. You've got this entire circle event taking place inside the government and outside the government. Absolutely incredible. I'll be right back. Mark Levin Show, where the Reagan Coalition meets every day. Call now, 877-381-3811. You know that Equibac breach, Equifax, impacted roughly 143 million customers? Well, it just got bigger. They've now added 2.5 million people to that list. And if that's not bad enough, Yahoo announced their 2013 breach impacted all 3 billion user accounts, triple the original estimate. You know, you should know once your personal information has been exposed, it doesn't just go away. 
Identity thieves can buy your information on the dark web for months, even years after a breach. They can use it to commit crimes in your name, even steal from your 401k. Now's the time to get protection. Sign up for LifeLock today. They use proprietary technology to detect a wide range of identity threats, and they'll alert you if your information is being used. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock is the best. LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit, for example. So go to LifeLock.com, LifeLock.com, or give them a call on their toll-free number, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. In either case, use the promo code, my last name, Levin, that's L-E-V-I-N, and get 10% off your LifeLock membership. Again, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or go to LifeLock.com, use promo code Levin, and save 10%. Right now, Adam Schiffless, obviously uh, they woke him up uh, and uh, they brought him on TV, on CNN, of course, where else? And he's also on MSLSD, but he was on the Constipated News Network today. This whole uranium probe, that other massive scandal, and there's more. This is just, you know, busyness. Cut seven, go. Well, you know, here, here's the problem. Uh, this looks a lot to me like a redux of Benghazi. Um, this investigation is starting for, again for political purpose. This is another investigation of Hillary Clinton uh, long after now she's no longer a presidential candidate, no longer the secretary of state. Uh, apparently, there's more interest in what happened seven years ago with uh, Secretary Clinton uh, than there is in the Russia investigation. So let's stop there. Seven years ago? It's a lot less than seven years ago, the entire scandal. That's number one. He has no interest in this whatsoever. This is a man who is a conniver, who is spinning tales about collusion, Russian collusion, uh, a reliable source, I have no doubt, for CNN. And when it comes to the conveyance of 20% of our uranium, the control of our uranium, to Vladimir Putin, a Russian last time I checked, it's partisan. No interest whatsoever, no care whatsoever. Go ahead. By design, I don't think we can do a good investigation uh, if it's begun in bad faith the way this one has, because this now three committee investigation or investigations the Republicans have launched uh, with the acquiescence, we have to imagine, of the Speaker was done without any consultation with the minorities on any of these. Because, sir, you're a clown. You're an obstructor. You already said you have no interest in this. So why should they involve you? All you'll do is try and sabotage the investigation. As you have attempted to breathe life into a phony investigation. Why would they include you? This is about our country. This is about getting to the bottom of what is a massive scam. Would you include him, ladies and gentlemen? Of course you wouldn't include him. But I want to get to another matter. You know, I only have three hours. I could use seven, eight, but I got to keep moving. This Tom Perez, the head of the DNC, is, of course, another clown. Now, he was at Indiana University on Tuesday. Now, you're going to have a little trouble hearing this, so I'll read it uh, after it's played from our friends at the uh, Washington Examiner. And he says, the Electoral College is not a creation of the Constitution. And I take that to mean the Electoral College is not in the Constitution. What else could it possibly mean? Cut five, go. The Electoral College is not a creation of the Constitution. 
It doesn't have to be there. And there's a national popular vote compact in which a number of states have passed a bill that says we will allocate our votes, our electoral votes, to the person who wins the national popular vote once other states totaling 270 electoral votes do the same. Yeah, this is an effort mostly by the left, but some uh, misguided pseudo-conservatives, but mostly by the left, to eviscerate the Electoral College uh, through the popular vote and the reallocation of Electoral College votes. But I don't need to get into that now. We'll do that another day. I want to get into this issue, whether the Electoral College is in the Constitution. He said, the Electoral College is not a creation of the Constitution. It does not have to be there which is rather uh, illiterate, quite frankly, but nonetheless, just to prove the point that I think he's making, obviously the Electoral College is in the Constitution. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3. And it's actually quite precise. The electors shall meet in the respective states and vote by ballot for two persons, of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. And they shall make a list of all the persons voted for, and of the number of votes for each, which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States. Look how specific they are. Directed to the President of the Senate. President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all the certificates. And by the way, this is why they meet to do the count. Uh, And the votes shall then be counted. Person having the greatest number of votes shall be the president, if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if there be more than one, and it goes on and on and on, and of course this was also amended by the 12th Amendment. So here we have a man that runs the Democrat Party who is a constitutional mental midget, an illiterate. And his language is illiterate too, his, his, his sentence structure. I mean, you can't be 100% sure this is what he's saying. But I suppose that's what he's saying. But let's be clear about two things that are going on now, sort of uh, subterranean. You've got Obama and Holder who are trying to destroy the gerrymandering process. Now, how are you going to destroy that? It's a political process. We don't like a lot of the uh, districts, the way they're drawn. But what are you going to do? Have a court draw them up? Well, that's their idea. Well, I don't want judges involved in our political process. Most of them are liberal activists. So gerrymandering has been going on a very, very long time. I'm not a cheerleader for it, but I'm an absolute opponent uh, involving courts in these processes. That's number one. So they want to destroy that process. Number two, they want to destroy the Electoral College. You just heard what the man said. Basically, what they want to do is rig the system, destroy the Republican nature of the Republic, to make it more, quote-unquote, populist, if you will. Because they figure they have the numbers in every election. And make it absolutely impossible for a Republican of any stripe to ever win again. That's where their mindset is. That's who they are. Power hungry. Power hungry. So they can control your lives and control our institutions. That's what they're all about. All right, let's keep moving. With my magnificent audience, you, we can keep moving. Mark Halpern. Mark Halpern... um, his father, Sidney Halpern, is a longtime leftist, by the way. But Mark Halpern, you've seen the guy. He was at ABC News as their political director. Uh, he's been on other networks. He's, he was with NBC, and of course, he was on MSLSD with the Morning Schmo, Mr. and Mrs. Schmo. 
And he was there almost every day. I don't watch the show, but that's what I understand. And he would be offended, appalled by Donald Trump's language. And remember that uh, Access Hollywood thing. He was absolutely repulsed by that. Well, it turns out Mr. Halpern is accused by now at least six women of really grotesque conduct that I shall not repeat on the air. And he's apologized. So at least in some fashion, he's confessed. But my question is for the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo, the two schmoes. They have attacked the president relentlessly. For everything and anything. And I went back and looked at what they had to say about their dear friend and colleague, no doubt social buddy, Mark Halpern. And it was nuanced. It was ambiguous. It was everything Mr. and Mrs. Schmo are not. Why is that? Why is that? And by the way, their allegations got allegations against a Nickelodeon uh, executive or producer. You've got more and more allegations against more and more individuals who call Hollywood home and who are in the entertainment business. It's exploding. Exploding. And not exclusively, but so much of it is the left. In the media, in Hollywood. In the media and in Hollywood. And this is why, when it comes to moral issues and ethical issues, when it comes to people who call themselves social conservatives or cultural conservatives, they have absolutely no tolerance for such people. None. None. This is why, if you and I discuss marriage, they don't care about marriage. You and I object to abortion, they support abortion. You and I are disgusted by the conduct of Bill Clinton in the Oval Office, they don't care about the conduct of Bill Clinton in the Oval Office. You see, it's not only their ideology that makes them so distinct from the rest of us. It's their character, or lack thereof, that makes them so distinct from the rest of us. And we invite them into our homes every day and every night, on TV and on radio. Where they lecture you and me about the future of the country. Where they lecture you and me, us, about the President of the United States. How appalled they are at his language. How appalled they are at the Access Hollywood clip. They're not appalled in the least. They could care less. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer, I'm going to get into this more in hour three. You see the NFL TV numbers are just tanking? I mean really tanking. Particularly Monday night and Thursday night football. Have you seen that? Now we know one of the real reasons that's happening is because the left has taken over the football field. The players. 
and the players' union. And you have left-wing owners who allow this to happen, and you have a nebbish of a commissioner. I'm convinced there's another reason their their ratings are tanking on Monday nights and Thursday nights. You know what that is, Mr. Producer? This show. This show. We've always been a powerhouse in the evenings and nights, but even more so now. If you knew our digital numbers, whether it's iHeart app, the Mark Levin app, uh, whether it's downloading, whether it's listening, a live stream, if you knew our terrestrial numbers, particularly in the big markets, you look at us, I'll give you an example, in Los Angeles, we have the highest numbers of any host, not just on our station, but on three stations. This show is powerhouse right now. And so I believe that's another reason. If I don't say it, nobody else will. Trust me, there's a lot of jealousy and uh, backstabbing in this business. So I'll say it. You know, uh, you've heard me talk about Kyle Cox, the owner of Blindster.com. Kyle is an American success story. He came up with the idea of selling online, high-quality, do-it-yourself window treatments several years ago. Now the big corporations are trying to copy him, steal his idea. But that won't work. Don't be fooled by these corporations, because what they're not is a mom-and-pop type business, and that's exactly what Kyle wanted with Blindster.com. That's BlindsTER.com. It's the only company I endorse for custom blind shades and shutters. Again, it takes the mom-and-pop mentality, because that's what it is. That's what Kyle believes in, and applies it to you in terms of the product and the services. And this is what makes America the great nation that it is. And because Kyle showed me that I could measure for and install custom-made blinds myself. Now, if I can do it, trust me, you can do it. And because you'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee, if for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if it's your mistake, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free, and you only pay shipping. To top it off, my buddy Kyle gives you, my listeners, 40% off. 40% off prices that are already very good. Just enter promo code MARK so you can get the 40% off at checkout on your entire order. So that's blindster.com, blindster.com. Don't forget, don't forget, promo code MARK. Let's continue, shall we? Jonathan, Pikeville, Kentucky, Sirius Satellite, go. Mr. Levin, second time caller, thank you for having me again. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, and by the way, I just wanted to say I love your uh, nicknames for our friends on the left. <laughs> um, and speaking of the left... You, you, I, know what, you know what's funny about that? Just for two seconds. Well, a little longer. When I first came in radio and I created these nicknames, some of them very harsh, but the purpose was to humiliate and mock these people, nobody did it. And I was warned, and Mr. Producer will tell you this, he's been with me since day one, I was warned not to do it, that I'm likely to upset very powerful people and there'll be a lot of pressure on me, but I kept doing it. And now everybody, everybody copies that. And that's okay, you know, but I just wanted you to know, when I started doing it, it wasn't so easy. Anyway, go right ahead. I can only imagine. And uh, speaking of the left, I've long held the belief that if they are accusing you of being something or doing something, 99 times out of 100, they are 
guilty of that of which they are accusing you, and sometimes to a greater degree. And this Trump dossier is a perfect example of that. For all the finger-pointing that we've heard, you know, Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia, look who's passing notes to the Kremlin. It's Hillary Clinton. It's Barack Obama. It is the DNC, and it's unfortunately the mainstream media. And it sickens me to know that these people will not be held accountable by the mainstream media, one of the most powerful entities in this country, and they do no good. You're so right. And the big media are part of the Russian propaganda operation. I don't mean they're sitting down and signing deals. I mean by conducting themselves the way that they have, by working with the kinds of people that they work with, that is uh, the Clinton campaign and the Democrat Party, they have become, uh, indirectly of course, but they have become mouthpieces for the Russian government. They really have. And And as I said earlier in the show, the media have been a full participant in a hostile counterintelligence operation. And that's, and that's really what it is, isn't it? I mean, I, it's my impression that this, uh, this shouldn't even be considered opposition, opposition research because research deals with cold facts. It deals with hard truth that the opposition is trying to keep hidden. But this dossier is nothing but a bunch of lies. It's you know all fabricated. That's another fine, you know, sharp point, brilliant point. Which is, these people get on the air and they're saying, this is just opposition research. And you say, no, no, this isn't opposition research. This is flat-out character assassination. Absolutely. And, and they phony get information. Well, I don't know that they're going to get away with it now. At least, at least uh, we're moving towards exposing more and more of it. We'll see how it plays out. Time will tell. Uh, but uh, we've made some progress today. And I want to thank Devin Nunes. And I want to thank... Ron DeSantis and, and those who are really pushing on this. All right, Jonathan, great call. I appreciate it. I shall return. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. By the way, this hour we have a great guest. Republican Like Me, How I Left the Liberal Bubble and Learned to Love the Right by Ken Stern, the former head of the National Public Radio. Should I tell him I used to call it? I won't say it. It'll embarrass us. National Pubic Radio? I I, I do not tell him that. No. No, I'm not going to say that. It's going to be a serious interview, which all my interviews are. I want to get into a couple things here. Fox News poll, positive views of NFL down 18 points since 2013. National Football League is taking some hits these days. A new Fox News poll finds that since 2013, the league's favorable ratings has dropped 18 points. Today, 46% of voters have a positive view of the NFL. 41% view it negatively. Four years ago, 64% had a positive view of the league. 19% were critical. That was the last time the question was asked. If the NFL were a political candidate, alarm bells would be going off in campaign headquarters, said Democratic pollster Chris Anderson. 
who conducts the Fox poll with Republican pollster Darren Shaw. The downward shift on favorability comes mainly from Republicans, minus 37 points. Whites, minus 23 points. Men, minus 23 points. And independents, minus 14 points. And it goes on. Well, um, there's more. From Sporting News, NFL games averaged 15.1 million viewers through Week 7, according to Nielsen data obtained by Sporting News. That's down 5.1% from 15.87 million viewers during the same period last season and off 18.7% from the 18.35 million viewers during the same period in 2015. Viewership numbers are lagging for a variety of reasons, not least the ongoing protests during the NFL National Anthem that former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick began in 2016. Fans are still angry about Kaepernick's continued unemployment as well as what's seen as the growing uh, politicization of the NFL. I don't think they're angry about his continued unemployment. That must be a mistake. They're angry at him. And yet... Let me show you how stupid this is. This is from Sports Illustrated, Chris Chavez. Colin Kaepernick invited by NFL players to the next meeting with owners. Colin Kaepernick was invited by NFL players to attend the next meeting with owners, according to multiple reports, including Andrew Brandt of the MMQB. Now, let's stop there. I could swear that all the left-wing sportscasters were telling us this was not about hating anybody. This is about social justice, a variety of issues that are so important to the community. Well, Kaepernick is not about that, really. Kaepernick hates the cops. He wore the socks to prove it. Kaepernick has said some very nasty things about the country. No, 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 you don't understand, Mark. It's not about Kaepernick at this point. No, no, it's not about Kaepernick. It's not about the flag. It's not about the national anthem. You guys talk radio and elsewhere, you guys are just, you know, putting words in their mouths. No, apparently not. Kaepernick's lawyer said that no one from the NFL reached out with an invitation. Oh, really? Woe is me. Must be racial prejudice. To last week's meeting in New York City where owners, players, and Commissioner Roger Goodell discussed the ongoing protests during the national anthem before football games. Yes. Kaepernick remains a free agent since opting out of his contract in March. Oh, that's right. Did you know he opted out of his contract? Nobody will give me a contract. Must be collusion, says his two-bit lawyer. Must be racism, says so many of the sportscasters and phony civil rights leaders. No, the fool opted out of his contract. He didn't want to play for the 49ers anymore. He's getting paid a boatload, but he was sitting on the bench because he sucks. Oh, yes, it's true. And so that's the question now. Are the owners going to take control over their teams? Are the owners going to take control over their league, over their football field, over anything? Are they going to be rolled by the Players Association? They're so scared of being called names, and they're so scared about a strike. And slowly but surely, and really not so slowly, they're losing their businesses. The brands that they've built up, the alliances people have to their hometown teams. They're beginning to disappear. They're beginning to evaporate. Isn't that a big deal? I think it's a big deal. 
So what are they scared of? And it's not just scared. A number of these owners are leftists. I know that seems so weird. Now, a number of them are great patriots, too, by the way. But apparently the leftists outweigh the patriots, and of course you have a complete buffoon as the commissioner, who is uh, speaks of the community. Aren't the fans part of the community? I'm just curious. Are the fans part of the community? Do the fans matter? Well, if the fans are part of the community and the fans matter, why don't they act like it? Fans are moving away. Their ratings are down. Their attendance is down. And while I'm on this issue, what issue? Of the left. Lisa Bloom is the female offspring, I believe she self-identifies as such as well, of Gloria Allred, who I believe is a female offspring of her mother. I believe she identifies as that as well. Just playing along, just playing along. The Daily Beast, Lloyd Grove, inside Lisa Bloom's scorched earth crusade for Weinstein. Now, Lisa Bloom, of course, uh, made a lot of money and a name representing women against the system. But listen to this. Ronan Farrow was stunned and disgusted earlier this year when famed feminist lawyer Lisa Bloom, I believe she used to be on the uh, Constipated News Network too, phoned him. In the midst of his investigation for NBC News of widespread allegations of sexual, sexual misconduct against Harvey Weinstein and offered to share opposition research on one of Weinstein's accusers. This is what the left does. I don't think she got it from Russia, though. Quote, I don't know if you've talked to Rose McGowan, but we have files on her and her history, Lisa Bloom told Ronan Farrow, according to knowledgeable sources inside and outside NBC. Farrow declined to comment for the story. Bloom was referring to the star of the 1996 Weinstein-produced hit horror f- movie Scream. Of course, I never watched it. I very rarely watch movies. Who had indeed given Farrow an on-camera interview and later withdrew her participation out of fear of being sued for violating a non-disclosure agreement that had come with a 100000 settlement from Weinstein. Since then, McGowan has alleged publicly that the movie mogul raped her at the Sundance Film Festival in 1997. Bloom citing attorney-client privilege, declined to comment on her interactions with Farrow on behalf of Weinstein. I don't have any comment on anything related to Harvey Weinstein. I am not authorized to answer any further questions to any reporter about Harvey Weinstein, Bloom told the Daily Beast. Never mind that until last week she had been voluble on the subject, telling BuzzFeed that her decision to aid the disgraced uh, studio chief was a colossal mistake. And lamenting to the Los Angeles Times, I feel very bad because so many people have said that they really looked up to me as this champion of women, and it's hurtful to them. I'm sorry. Don't worry, Lisa, I never looked up to you. Ever. It is extremely unusual, several lawyers uh, told the Daily Beast, for an attorney to publicly quit a high-profile client, as Bloom did two weeks ago, and then repeatedly critique that client in the media. Yeah, in fact, I think it's unethical. I think it's unethical under the uh, rules of professional conduct for most states. But that's just my opinion. The revelations around Weinstein's private life would not have been wholly surprising to Bloom. At this year's Sundance Film Festival, according to prominent litigator uh, Thomas Adjami, who the hell is that? Well, he must be prominent, they said. Weinstein had boasted at a breakfast meeting of the sex he had with Hollywood actresses. 
Look, I'm a famous movie producer. Everyone wants an Academy Award. I can really help their careers, Weinstein reportedly told Bloom and, and the famous litigator. Bloom said to Weinstein, wait, 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 Harvey, you're married. Are you saying you have sex with these women while you were married? Weinstein responded, yes, Lisa, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, and it goes on. Lisa Bloom, ready to smear one of the main people coming forward, having enough guts to take on Weinstein. And and we so looked up to her. I'll be right back. Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not often I go on Amazon and order a book myself. I usually wait for the author's publisher and publicist to send me a copy, and we get lots and lots of them. But I went on Amazon, and I got this book. It's called Republican Like Me, How I Left the Liberal Bubble and Learned to Love the Right by Ken Stern. Mr. Stern, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, it's my book. Well, it's my pleasure. Um, First, let's start this way. Tell the American people a little bit about your background and your role at NPR. So, uh, lifelong Democrat, uh, raised in Washington, D.C., spent most of my career in the media, uh, including NPR, where I was um, eventually the CEO of NPR, uh, left there in 2008. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of thought of Republicans, in fact, conservatives, sort of the reptiles at the zoo, right? Well, so let me tell you a story, sort of the genesis of this book, which I think sort of sums up. Uh, um, the reason I wrote this book is because I'm, I've become increasingly concerned about how Democrats and Republicans live in different worlds and uh, increasingly dislike each other and look down upon each other. Um, so I live in this very nice little neighborhood in Washington, D.C. called Mount Pleasant, nice street called Hobart Street, 93% Democratic ward. 100% Democratic household, uh, and we have a nice block party every year called um, Porch Fest, and there's something called the Hobart Street Pledge, which they give for the kids. It changes every year, and one year it went, everyone here is, everyone is welcome to Hobart Street, man or woman, gay or straight, white or, uh, um, uh, white or black, everyone but Republicans. <laughs> and it was a joke, I think. It was a joke, uh, but I think it really sort of, um, it wasn't a joke at the time. It sort of was a moment for me, it's like, how, how have we gotten this place where um, we don't even want Republicans as neighbors, um, and we don't know them. Uh, and I said to myself, i got I got to change that, at least for myself. And I'm going to spend a year uh, uh, traveling across the country, spending time in churches, um, um, bars in Youngstown, Ohio, Pikeville, Kentucky, pig hunting in Texas, um, uh, meeting people who I wouldn't ordinarily, ordinarily meet. And that was the story of this book. Okay, tell us a little bit about your travels. I I, I see in a few articles, and then I got the book and read it. I'm in your book. Others are in your book. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, uh, it really began with um, uh, trying to do as much as I could. Um, you know, um, look, there are, there are 75 million Republicans in the country. I'm not going to meet them all. Um, I need to go someplace where I could have some honest conversations. Uh, I found a little church, in Assembly of God Church in, in Fredericksburg, and spent a lot of time with Pastor Steve. I went to uh, a gathering of 15,000 youth evangelicals, young evangelicals in St. Louis, uh, and they blew me away by being different than I thought they would. Um, uh, and I met people who I think were um, 
angry that they've been left out of the national conversation, weren't represented by the establishment, um, including the media establishment, and learned a lot from them about you know, how they feel patronized, how they feel looked down upon, um, how they feel like the government hasn't served them um, as it should. Um, it was a, a, an amazing experience. And what did you conclude? So I concluded, uh, um, uh, I, um, at the end of the day, I, I didn't come away as a Democrat or Republican. I came away as a skeptic. Um, uh, so I conclude one is I think the American public is actually a surprisingly moderate group of people. You sit down with them, you talk with them. Um, you know, you don't. I, I don't agree with anyone, uh, um, even in my own household. Um, but I found common ground with virtually everyone I met. Um, people who were making contributions to the community, doing wonderful things. Um, so that's one thing I found, um, which isn't all that surprising. The second thing I came back with um, was I think look, the major institutions uh, don't really represent the American public in some ways. Um, the Democrats have gone in one direction, the Republicans have gone in another direction, and I think in many ways they've gone in ways that don't really speak to what the American public want. Um, and that sort of disillusioned me, but it's also um, made me come back, want to come back and share the story of the people I met, uh, the, the things I learned um, with uh, Democrat, you know, the Democrats that I grew up with. But your title says Republican like me. What does that mean? Well, so, you know, it's a little bit of a uh, play on the book Black Like Me, um, uh, where in that case a reporter went out and sort of pretended to be black for a, year, for, for a time to sort of see He, he actually had his skin uh, t- yeah. dyed yeah. and so forth. I remember that. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, uh, so I... I so I went out to try to, so this is actually sort of the story, this is actually a line from Atticus Finch in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is, you can't really understand someone until you try to see things from his point of view. So really that's what I tried to do. I tried to change my registration Republican. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time Republicans. I spent a lot of time with experts. John Lott on gun control, on guns, um, uh, um, uh, uh, people on climate change. I spent a lot of time with People who are uh, uh, doing poorly in this economy of ours um, and are angry about it, trying to understand it from their perspective. That's really Republican like me, me trying to see things from their perspective uh, and learning things for them. I mean, that's really was a sort of a journey of understanding on my part. And you consumed uh, some conservative media, correct? Uh, I, conserved a, I consumed a lot of conserv- uh, uh, conservative media. And did so, I you scare know, you? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> I think... Uh, um, uh, Scare me, no. Um, it, it does, but I think the media in this country, on both sides, is continually reflecting uh, um, how angry we are, we are at each other, and I think that's a, I think that's a problem. I'm just curious because, are you still a liberal or less liberal or what? So uh, I'm deaf. So I don't know what I am. Uh, so uh, I think I came away with. Um, I started as a Democrat changed my registration Republican, and I was sort of curious at the beginning what would happen at the end. When I came back, I went down to the uh, voter registration office and changed myself to an independent, because um, uh, uh, really I believe there is wisdom on both sides, uh, that we are essentially a moderate people, and no one has a monopoly on what is right and wrong, and that's sort of a core belief. And I'm skeptical of sort of the, res- the, the received wisdom from one side or another, the notion that we're right, they're wrong. Um, and there's no, uh, there's nothing in between. Um, I really do think if you sit down and talk with people, you'll just learn a lot. And truthfully, um, I think we've lost that ability to do that. And you know, to the extent that uh, I'm angry at people now, um, I'm angry because they don't listen. They think they're right. They assume the other side is wrong. And you know, that's not really a way to have a democracy. What do you think 
I'm not asking if you like Trump or don't like Trump. What do you think of the coverage generally of this president? Yeah, so so yeah, I actually wrote about that. So I'll actually tell you a story, Mark. Um, I wrote a, a piece just before the election um, 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 for Vanity Fair, who I write for from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I, spe- I took a day and I went to the Washington Post, um, and I pulled all the stories on Donald Trump. There were 21 of them. Uh, each and every one of them was negative. Uh, that was in the front page. That was in the style section. That was in the metro section. And it was in the sports section. There was actually a negative story on Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> you might defend each and every one of them, um, but I, I, um, 21 in a row says to me there's something missing, that somehow they're not getting Donald Trump in the way that the 62 million people uh, who voted for him uh, do. Um, and I think that's, I, I have to that's take a break. Can I carry you over briefly the bottom of the of course, hour? Of course. All right. The author is Ken Stern, former CEO NPR. The book is Republican Like Me, How I Left the Liberal Bubble and Learned to Love the Right. We'll be right back. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, as we approach the one-year anniversary of the launch of Conservative Review TV, the nation's fastest-growing digital network, we are even more steadfast in our mission to provide you the most thought-provoking and patriotic TV platform available anywhere. Now, this is why we work so hard to bring you almost 200 episodes of Levin TV every year. You can watch them all and current and previous with your incredibly affordable subscription to CRTV. You can also watch my new buddy, Phil Robertson's fantastic and completely unfiltered new show, In the Woods with Phil. That's not enough. There's new features like the CRTV White House Brief, the Morning Grinders, and the hilarious Get Off My Lawn, and so much more. Now, all these programs are in stunning high definition, 100% commercial-free, all available to you anytime, 24-7. It's time to start binge-watching programs you can feel good about. And you can start doing that today by signing up at CRTV.com. That's CRTV.com. Or call 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Mr. Ken Stern, would you like to watch CRTV? Would you like to get a subscription and I'll let you watch it and you can do do a second book? (laughs) Sign me up. All right, Mr. Producer, make sure we do that. Um, (laughs) Let me ask you a question. You write a book like this. The title is is very provocative, I imagine, particularly among liberals and Democrats. How has this been received by your by your uh, your, your 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 liberal friends? Yeah. So uh, my book came out two days ago. Not a lot of people have read it, um, but some people seem to be willing to judge a book by its cover. Um, somewhat to my regret, and I've taken a little bit of incoming some um, some of it for. Uh, I think from my former colleagues in media who I think are a little bit defensive about some of the criticism at my level. Um, uh, and some are, and, and here is um, more than that. I mean, some people have um, tweeted at me, people I don't know, who say, well, if you're willing to listen to Republicans um, endorse some things that Republicans say, you must be a white supremacist like that. Oh, um, yeah, and it gives me a little bit of a, you know, because a few people, um, uh, I hope it doesn't speak to something larger, um, but that's a little bit of the, the, the tenor of the conversation, and frankly, I find it a little bit appalling. 
so you're part of the alt right, part of the uh, part of the white supremacists, because you traveled the country, you interviewed people, you watched things that you hadn't been exposed to before, and you're not liberal, you're not conservative, you're not really Republican, you're not Democrat, and that makes you a white supremacist. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the logic of some people. You know, I think the, the truth of the matter is. Um, um, we're, we're, look, humans are tribal, are, are tribal by nature. They take sides in things. Um, you see in football or, you know, a lot of things. And politics has become that. You know, you're either for me or against me. Um, I want to win. It's not about the issues, it's about winning. Um, and, you know, I, I see it's, it's kind of, it is wholly dislikable when people, um, uh, look at something like this and, you know, uh, um, imagine, that me, it's not about me, they're imagining that everyone out there who, does, who doesn't think like them or look like them has to be uh, bad and evil. And that's a very, very dangerous thing in a democracy. Now, that's a few people. Um, I'm looking forward to getting um, my friends and family reading it, and um, they don't have to agree with me on everything. I don't agree with myself on everything. Um, but there is that element out there that I think is a really dangerous thing. Um, and in fact, it's why I went out and wrote the book. We gotta stop, uh, uh, shouting down at each other. We gotta start listening to each other. And, uh, when we listen to each other, where do you tend to come out on things? I don't mean ideologically. I mean, well, let me, let me put it to you this way. Yeah. Do you still listen to NPR? I do. I and, do. And do you have and a different view of it now? And I, I, so, so here's what I do, which is different, um, than before. I still listen to NPR, uh, I find a lot that I like. Um, um, I still listen to, um, I still read the New York Times. Can't understand the world without their reporting from around the world. Um, but I read the National Review. I listen to Patriot Radio on Sirius, um, because I think I'm not smart. I get smarter when I hear from, from, uh, um, people from a, a, a different sides. And I get answers that I think are not available in my traditional sources. Uh, have you had any opportunities to be interviewed on NPR? No, but I'm booked onto a show next week. Good. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be uh, warmly embraced when I go back. I'm not expecting an invitation to the public radio conference. Um, but I'm booked into the show, and, you know, uh, I think that is um, there. Everyone's defensive about their own work. Um, they're, they're like everyone else. Um, but assuming that I actually make it in the door and make it on the show, I think that speaks well of their willingness to hear from uh, at least... Someone well, that, that, that's interesting. Let me ask you something. When yeah. we reached out to speak to you, yeah. what were you thinking? So, um, so I, uh, Just tell me the I, truth. So I was a little surprised, although I've done um, other shows on the... Uh, on Forget about other shows. This oh, show. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I wondered whether... So uh, this is actually a fair question, and... Um, uh, I was worried, uh, um, uh, worried that you now have assuaged a bit, worried that you wanted to have a conversation that about me uh, um, banging on my old friends um, rather than sort of hearing what I had to say and what I learned. And uh, i got to say, Mark, um, you know, I think you've... Uh, You're surprised. Yeah, I am a little bit. I like You it. know what's funny? You know what's yeah. funny? I have never abused a guest yeah. except when they start abusing me. I figure if I'm going to have a guest on this program, I want to hear what they have to say, not to use them as a foil. Yeah. And the, other, the other thing I want you to know is, because you can't listen to this show every day, I get it, but yeah. 
we spent a lot of time talking about philosophy and the founders and where we get our ideas and so forth and so on. So it's not everyday events. It's not all, you know, back and forth hammering away. There's obviously some of that because I'm passionate and other people are passionate. But I'm just saying we try to do things here a little differently just because I'm a little different. I'm not as easy to read. I may, it may be philosophically, but my personality, it's, it's not as easy to read as people pigeonhole me. I just wanted to point that out, too. Yeah, and so that's, um, uh, you know, I learn something new every day. Um, and that's sort of the story of this book, me listening to people I usually wouldn't listen to, um, whether they're on the radio or, you know, at a conference of 15,000 uh, teenage evangelicals in St. Louis. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's a, a journey and a great thing and an opportunity for me to keep learning and sharing that story. So I, I really do appreciate that. Well, it really is a fascinating book. And I think my audience would like it very, very much because, you know what, a lot of us really can't get into the minds of liberals. And so when we read a book like this, I think it's, I mean, it was intriguing to me. So uh, I hope our folks out there, I hope you'll go get it. It's called Republican Like Me, How I Left the Liberal Bubble and Learned to Love the Right by Ken Stern. I've linked to it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. You can get it at Amazon, any, any decent bookstore. All right, Mr. Stern, it's been a pleasure. It has it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. All right, take care of yourself. There you have it. It is a very interesting book. Very interesting book. Oh, he didn't hang up. Are we getting... Uh, did we get him? A, all right, good, good, good. Very, very good. Anyway, I, I am I'm about two-thirds through the book. It's very enjoyable. Very, very interesting. All right, I'm sick of the news. Let's take some calls. This is the biggest town hall meeting in America. Well, the third biggest. Alan, Passaic, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, just I want to start off the call by uh, thanking you for for what you do. Uh, all the you know all the talk show hosts that you know the shows they all have their own purposes, but your your specific is uh, the fact that you can really break down a lot of uh, legal concepts and you know difficult things into very simple you know simple. Uh, pieces for people absorbed that I think is a very important uh, role that you play. The point I wanted to raise is that with everything that's been revealed in the last uh, day or two with the dossier, um, I'm wondering if, if Trump now has the cover to just, you know, flat out just end, end the um, Mueller investigation uh, or at the least even have uh, Sessions unrecuse himself and have him do something no, 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 no. I, I don't think Trump can do any of those things unless he wants to get impeached. You got to remember this impeachment hanging over him. It shouldn't be. You can see how some of the Republicans can't wait to pounce on him. It won't. It wouldn't take many because the Democrats will be uh, lined up firmly to take him out no matter what. And of course, he could lose the House. And I don't think people are really focused on this. The Republicans lose the House of Representatives. This president is going to be mired down in impeachment proceedings. Like it or not. And I've talked about this the day after the election. So we have to keep this in mind. No, Trump can't fire Mueller. And Trump can't, I mean, politically. And Trump can't tell Sessions to unrecuse himself. I suspect Sessions wouldn't do it anyway. These things are starting to play out now. The uh, the tide is starting to turn a little bit. I don't know how far it'll go. I don't know if it'll continue to turn. But we have exposed a number of things. And some of us have put our necks out on this stuff, too. And, I mean, I, I have really been pushing. I don't really care. You do what's right, and then you let the chips fall where they may. So 
The president has his responsibilities and all the rest of us have ours, if you know what I mean. Right. I guess I guess in a certain way, if it plays itself out, uh, you know, it seems like, I guess, uh, when he's exonerated by uh, a bunch of um, donors to the Democratic Party, I guess that, that ultimately maybe is a better uh, end, ending of this whole uh, fiasco. All right, my friend. Good call. I appreciate it. Let's continue. Let's see. How about Chip in Fort Payne, Alabama? I know exactly where that is on Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. Of course you know what it is. That's where Alabama's from. That's right. Hey, yes. real quick, Mark. Um, say, by the way, I, kn- I knew where it was anyway. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, all right. Hey, so this is the thing that kills me about all these investigations, everything. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen with this. Uh, same thing that's happened with all the scandals over the past uh, approximately six years. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen with this. Mark my words, in a month and a half, two months, we're going to be on to something else. I want you to tell me. And, and by the way, you may be right. You absolutely no, I, may I, be right I about that. I am right. I, I am right because I'll tell you why. Oh, it's Nostradamus from Fort <laughs> Payne, Alabama. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely. Go ahead. The, the Oracle on the Mountain. No, so <laughs> if you can let guns walk as part of Fast and Furious, get border yeah. agents killed. Well, good guns, point. Yeah. And absolutely. Oh, and how about another one? How about, hey, Mark, I'm sure. All right, listen, I don't want to commit Harry Carey tonight. <laughs> hey, I know you know dudes who've got hemmed up by the RRS for a lot less. Martha Stewart went to jail for the love of God. Yeah. What, what I didn't hear. What about the IRS? Say that again. You, you, I mean, we both know people who've got hemmed up by the IRS, gotten in trouble mm-hmm. with the IRS. I actually Martha, don't, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I do. But uh, Martha Stewart, you do. Martha Stewart went to jail for. Oh, for I don't know her, but okay. But what, what did she get hemmed up with the IRS? No, she went to jail because um, of so-called insider trading, if that's what you mean. But uh, it's not that she was actually guilty of it. They said that they that she misled her under United uh, 18 United States Code 1001. So in other words. They sent her to prison not for an actual violation of some underlying crime, but because they felt that she misled her, they, that she misled them, even though she was innocent. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, uh, so what happened with Lois Lerner and the whole IRS scandal? Absolutely nothing. What happened with, with Hillary Clinton and Benghazi? Absolutely nothing. <clears throat> they'll do these songs, these, they'll appoint counsel. They'll go through the emotions, but absolutely nothing. Well, these are good points. These are absolutely good points. All right, my friend, I got to roll. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If they want it, they're going to take it. Your paycheck, your bank accounts, everything. The IRS doesn't mess around. And they recently added hundreds of new tax enforcers and even private collection agencies to help track you down. If you owe back taxes or if you're in a dispute with the IRS and they claim you owe back taxes, or if you haven't filed in some time, here's how you get your life back. Call Optima Tax Relief before the army of IRS enforcers target you. Optima Tax Relief are experts in the Fresh Start program. Perhaps the biggest IRS break ever. But listen, they're making changes in our tax laws, and they're likely uh, that, that it's possible this great program might be affected. If it goes away, you missed a huge opportunity. So you need to act. Call Optima Tax Relief, 
Ask them if, uh, if you qualify for the Fresh Start program. Ask them about their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. It doesn't get any better than that. And while you're at it, ask them how they've saved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. Let Optima step between you and the IRS and solve your tax problems. Call 800-499-6300, 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? John, Bloomfield, New Jersey, the great WABC, go. Oh, okay, nice to meet you. Uh, it's finally a pleasure. Um, I wanted to say that you are an astute, sharp-minded person, and it's um, always a pleasure to learn from you. And uh, what I wanted to ask you, actually, to get your thought, is it possible for um, the FBI to have the authority to uh, be so involved in a presidential election last year uh, with uh, this oppositional research. Uh, uh, that's uh, something that I never heard of before. <laughs> Listen, they're certainly not supposed to be trying to affect an election uh, through whatever, whatever the subterfuge is. Counterintelligence investigation? I, I think I would like to know when their counterintelligence investigation of the president began. Uh, who ordered it, and on what evidentiary basis? I think these right. are three uh, basic questions. I, I agree. And uh, on yesterday's show, you said that Congress should appoint probably another special committee. Appoint well, they should have a special uh, investigative committee, a joint committee, uh, that looks into the conduct of uh, particularly the senior level of the FBI with respect to uh, Mr. Mueller and the uranium scandal and Mr. Comey and the Clinton cover-up scandal, uh, and, of course, this matter, the dossier, and what in the world was the FBI doing, uh, putting out some shekels uh, for the purpose of, uh, of advancing it. Right, and, 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 of course, I mean, e even though that takes uh, probably some of the taxpayers' time, it's well worth it because now we know. It doesn't take up any of my time, and these guys are spending like drunken leftists, so my view is... Maybe they'll pass less spending bills, fine by me, and focus on what they're supposed to focus on, what's going on in our government. You, you said it. You said it. And I think now we have some clue as to some of what was in the 30,000-plus emails. Just the All right, my friend. You take care. Appreciate your call. Blanca, Las Vegas, K-Don, the great K-D-W-N, go. Hi, Mr. Levine. I just wanted to say hi and thank you for um, the facts that you give us every day. I wish I can listen to you the three hours a day, but because of the girls, my girls' activities after school, I just... Oh, now, wait a minute. What's there. more important, me or your girls? <laughs> just kidding. Just Mr. kidding. Levine, I know, I know the answer. Important. Don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I start listening to you. A little bit over a year ago, and I yeah. am so glad I found you on the radio. Thank you. Thank um, you. Uh, even my 13-year-old daughter, uh, when at the beginning, she's like, Mommy, I think he's upset. Oh, <laughs> he sounds well, she's upset. right. But you know what? Uh, there was a, a, some, it was, the show was about uh, explaining some, some things on the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And when she started listening to you about explaining what exactly the Constitution means, she was like, oh, my goodness, really? I said, really? Wow, said, what a smart <laughs> kid. 
Listen, I have to go, but don't hang up. I'm in the I'm in the giveaway mood. Let us give Blanca, this very nice lady, a one-year subscription to CRTV, please. Don't hang up, Blanca. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of CRTV, check out Levin TV in two minutes. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. By the way, really check it out. It's my big interview. I'll see you tomorrow.